What is author marketing mastery through optimization, you ask? I'm going to tell you. It's the best way for us authors to make a living selling our books. Are you tired of hearing gurus tell you your book is only good enough to be a lead magnet for services? Are you tired of feeling like you have to be a slave to social media and then frustrated when that time doesn't actually help you sell books? I was too, until I found Ammo. Ammo is the only program that reliably produces results and it works for anyone. Is it hard work? You bet. Do you have to overcome some of your own prejudices to make Ammo work for you? Absolutely. But rather than being another program that rah-rah shish-goombahs tries to get you emotionally excited only to offer unclear methods, Ammo shows you how to design profitable ads step-by-step through a unique, never-before-tested formula. The founder, Steve Piper, is a data-loving, formula-driven author who escaped the kingdom of Amazon to build a platform for himself where he sold directly to his readers and built a loyal following. With Ammo, you know who's reading your books, how to contact them, and what they want to read next. If you've always been frustrated with Amazon's wall of mystery, of not knowing who's reading your books, of losing 50 to 70% of the hard-earned money you make through book sales, Ammo solves all of those problems by putting you in the driver's seat and showing you how to fulfill your books directly to your readerships. Click the link in the show notes to learn more. If you've ever watched an author read in public and felt bored, TRBM is the antidote. TRBM is for writers what time-lapse was for painters, guitar solos and spotlights were for bands, what chainsaws and ice blocks were for sculptors. What does TRBM stand for? Totally romantic bookmaven? Try reading bibliographic microfiches? Today reunites banana mongers? You decide. I'm going to continue to experiment with the best way to make this podcast. And I committed to myself that all of this will go onto YouTube as I learn the best way to edit video so that I can have a wider audience in more places, as well as when I get good at this, I can repurpose some of the content for shorts on social media, mix it up a little bit. I've talked about this a lot recently, but I'm recognizing the limitations of being one person in my own business. And there is a possibility that at some point I would hire somebody. I looked into doing that early on in the process. I recognized that there were some flaws in the way I was going about things. And until I have a real clear, consistent product that people are buying somewhat predictably, I can't hire somebody, and so I need to be that much more efficient. Apologies if you hear the rain in the background. Uh, That's just living in an old house with really thin windows on the top floor in a a kind of turret, little pop-out office. One of the things that uh, was clear to me this morning as I was putting together and prepping for the podcast was that uh, life is trial and error but it's also trial and success. The thing is, if, if it was only trial and error, which is what we focus on, then we would never get to a point where we stopped trialing and started implementing. Uh, and today, 
I had a trial and success. And so it's going to lead me to be able to do things a little bit better. Um, and in the meantime, I'm trial and erroring something new. Uh, the new thing I'm trialing and erroring probably is this current setup. I have a tripod. I got it for Christmas last year. Thank you, Holly. She's my sister. I don't talk a lot about her on the podcast, but uh, it was a Christmas gift from her. Um, I'm not using the little ring light thing because it just makes a strange glow in my glasses. I'd love to hear from people if there's a way around that uh, or if you just have to go blind. Um, I mean, like literally blind because I can't see anything right now. But uh, so that's the new trial and error. I don't know how the audio quality will be, but I know last week when I did this through Zoom, even though I was in my own meeting room on my own Wi-Fi, it was really not the, the best quality of audio. When I was editing, I could hear that it was cutting off little portions of my words and I didn't want that. So uh, what does this all have to do with libraries? We will get there. I trialed and succeeded finally in figuring out that there's a really simple way that I can cut video inside of Zoom. And so now I can upload this into Zoom, I can cut all of the audio and video together, and then I can just drag the finished file into my audio editor, have a quick listen through to making sure it's okay, and I don't have to double my work, which has been one of the huge barriers, in my opinion, to trying to do both audio and video. You spend double the amount of time uh, if you have to listen to it twice and edit everything, and it just seems really absurd to double the work. So I'm glad that I learned a new tool in YouTube that I can make the cuts that I want and I can do all of my editing video first and then just drop the audio file, make sure that everything comes across clear and we're good to go. Uh, a lot of that will depend on how well the microphone is picking me up right now. Um, and I, I say all of this to you because I think that it's important if you're on this journey with me to know that I'm giving you all the information I know to give you, but there are some things that I am unconsciously competent at at this point that I don't think to tell you because I've done them so much. I got past the trial and error uh, process into trialed, succeeded, and implemented. So there are some things that I've implemented that I don't even know I'm necessarily doing. Which, while we're talking about that, the primary place that you find this podcast is through Substack. Substack hosts my podcast, and they are unique to all other podcast platforms. You might be listening to me on Apple Podcasts or uh, Spotify or Overcast. Welcome. If you're listening to me on Overcast, I would love to know that you found the show there because I'm spending money to advertise specifically on Overcast. Really like their program. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to hear from you and Substack uniquely allows that to happen. So if you navigate to the link in my show notes, I will always have a link that points back to Substack, no matter where you're listening. If you're listening on Apple, you just expand the show notes. There'll be links to everything I talk about that's of any importance, uh, as long as I'm not so busy that I forget to link to things. I have heard before that people said I would put a link in the show notes that isn't there. Hey, I'll put it up if you, if you tell me that you were looking for it and didn't find it. Responsibilities on me, but I would really encourage you, join me over on Substack for a fuller conversation. I have people who are regularly commenting and they're bringing a ton of value and their learned experience. And if you want to sell a lot of books and be very successful, don't count on me to be the only person who's giving you this information because some people will share really valuable stuff through the Substack community. And I imagine in a couple of months, if 
all of us decide to come together, we can build something that's far more interactive than your typical podcast, uh, far more interactive than your typical group, because we all can have a conversation about the same thing and work together. Um, shoot, I may build friendships here and have already built friendships through Twitter and the podcast in different areas where I have people who are who are requesting my books in libraries that I met on Twitter, that I met through Substack. Uh, and if you are a person right now who's listening to this podcast and you want to do something concrete that won't cost you anything, go in and request from your librarian that they stock my book. Uh, if you have Libby or uh, Hoopla, go into the app. You can find my book. It's there. You request it that your library purchases it. When patrons request, books get bought. And when books get bought, the author makes money. So it's a really cool way for you to do something free and spread your books out there. By the same token, if you want me to request your book here in Omaha, I get six a month for free. I can just reach out to them six times a month and say, will you buy this book? And more often than not, active patrons get their requests purchased. So I can help you out as well. And I'm so happy to reciprocate in that way because the truth is I don't currently have enough money to buy every book that every person would love for me to buy from them. Um, I don't have the time either, but I sure can get the library to pick it up. And that's one step closer to being a nationally celebrated, internationally celebrated author. So what was I up to this week with the library project? So I'm still pushing really hard at Books for Brews. Uh, that event is becoming bigger and bigger as I'm getting closer and I'm realizing all the things I need to do that I haven't been doing. Um, what I did, was I reached out to business leaders that I'm already connected to in the community to ask them their input on what I should be doing to get attention around this event. Um, <laughs> this is one of those uh, moments where it's really tempting to put your head down uh, and not not like you know plow forward because that's one kind of putting your head down, but to to put your head down and, and bow out or get out of the flow that you're currently in and and sign of get on the sidelines, I guess. Nobody so far, as of right now, uh, eight days later, and we did have well, no, it's nine days, but we did have the holiday, so that could have affected things. Nobody gave clear cut do this kind of input like, hey, this is what I did with my business, it worked well, or this is what I did with my business, you might consider not doing it because uh, it's not very effective. Um, three people said that they owe me a response. Two people responded, but ignored the question. Everybody else, utter silence, haven't heard back from them. And I know in some cases, when you're reaching up, people are going to be busy. There's going to be reasons why they don't reach back out to you, but that's hard. That's a hard thing to do when you know that where you're going requires you to think like people who have gotten where you're going, even if it's not in the same industry. Like authors are not necessarily the same as car salespeople or insurance salespeople, but we have a lot to learn from industries about how to conduct ourselves in business. Um, I've talked about this in former podcasts, so I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but Every other business I know of understands that there are there are expenses that we need to take care of. And authors a lot of times feel like they're not going to have any expenses until they're selling books. It's a little bit backwards. I think the industry was trained on traditional publishing where you got an advance. Uh, you also got a whole lot less out of the sales of your books than if you do it 
even through Amazon, um, you get a ton more than you would with the traditionally published deal. I had a moment as I was going through this where I realized what I'm actually doing is different enough in format from the people that I'm asking that people aren't not responding because they're too busy or think that I'm too basic. I think I'm using that word correctly. Uh, what they're doing is silently admitting that they're not sure what will work. Um, and so that led me to reflect a lot yesterday, especially I started taking notes for the podcast really strongly yesterday, wrote for a while on it because I, I wanted to keep my thinking clear about what I realized there and, and that it's not all good if you're doing something brand new. Sometimes first to market with an idea gets beaten by the second to market because the second to market can kind of sit back and watch and say, where did they fail? Where did they succeed? I will do the things that were successful, that were proven, and I'll avoid doing the things that they failed at. Uh, so kudos again to you, Rich Hosek. You've said almost that exact thing to me in a much friendlier way. And uh, that's what this podcast is all about. The best thing I can do for you right now is not teach you uh, the million dollar marketing mindset for novelists. Even though I believe that my mindset is right and I learned it from millionaires and billionaires, uh, it's unproven. And so I can't teach that to you, but I can show you actively what it looks like to fight against quitting, to fight against despair, to fight against failure, to really embrace trial and error and to not stop at conflict. I had a good conversation with a librarian this week about my books and how to get books into libraries. I've got a couple of conversations scheduled with librarians. Hopefully one's gonna get back to me soon so that I can bring an interview to you that is very unique and very fun uh, with a woman who's been extremely successful getting genre fiction uh, recognized in libraries more robustly. Let me try to wrap up my thoughts. I'm not as focused as I wish I would have been, but I wanna wrap up my thoughts by saying that being a front runner for something like Books for Bruce, uh, I know how I want to use this. I know what I envision it's going to be. If it's a huge failure, this is a reminder to me as much as it is to you. If it's a huge failure, it doesn't mean the idea is bad. It means it needs to be trialed again so that I can get through the error to the success. At the same time, I do have one author who's going to join me for one of my events, and I think that she has some experience doing in-person events, so I'll start to lean on her a little bit more as we get closer. Uh, her name is Margie Lucas. She was one of the first and most important influences on my writing life. Uh, in fact, before anybody else had ever said anything positive about a self-published author, she brought in a friend of hers, a guest to our classroom in undergrad, so this would have been uh, well over a decade ago. And um, it's hard to believe time has passed, but uh, the the author came in and, and shared with us how self-publishing could be lucrative. And I believe that she's continued to be really successful ever since. Uh, wish I would have taken that message to heart a whole lot sooner because things could be very different for me right now. But uh, yeah, if you're, if you're on the fence about what to do, self-publishing is cool. Do it right. And you're just as good as anybody at FSG. Don't get defensive about it. I've met some self-published authors who, who really are doing everything they need to, but they still feel like they have to justify. It's hard not to because you're told every day you're not good enough. Good grief. Trial, error, trial, success, implement. I think that's the homework for today. It's a little less practical than some I've given you in the library series so far. Trial, error, trial, success, implement. 
This is just a thought exercise. What have you been doing that when you fail, you quit? What have you trialed, failed, uh, erred, and then quit? If there's something that you've trialed and erred and quit on, it might be time to resurrect it. We did a podcast episode not too long ago about the sunk cost fallacy. Try to link to that in the show notes if you want to listen. But that would be the time where there are moments when it's smart to quit. There are moments when it's really smart to walk away from something, even though your feeling tells you, like, I put so much energy into this. If I just quit, I lose all of that energy. It is true that if you quit, you lose that. But imagine how much energy you save going forward. Recognizing that something is a failure is one of the most profound ways to be a success. Uh, and you can define success any way that you want. I've recently been defining success for myself as doing what I set out to do at the level I set out to do it. Um, only once I have achieved the goal I had in mind, the way that I had it in mind, will I call it success. And that doesn't mean that I won't be a best-selling author and still feel like I'm not a success because there might be elements or pieces of what I'm doing that even though it gave me part of my goal. It didn't give me the whole of my goal. Talk to your business people too. That that might be another piece of, of action for you is talk to business people in your life and ask them only if they're successful. Don't ask people if they're not successful, if they haven't succeeded in, in their own goals. But if you have business uh, people who are friends of yours, ask them what they did to get noticed uh, and, and the kinds of things they did to drive their business forward because we have an asset just like they do. Um, so there it is. That's the connection. And as a reminder, Books for Brews is ultimately so that I can build relationships with libraries. I'm able to show them I create a community event, I bring the community to the event, and the community engages in a reading activity. Then I can take that to libraries to uh, get acquisition. There are paid opportunities to speak and do presentations with libraries. You don't realize how much opportunity there is in a library. So if you have a format to show them that you can do what their mission is to do, which is engage the community with literature and literary media entertainment type things and knowledge and learning, if you can do that for the library and show them this is how I do it, go anywhere you want. You can have a lot of success. Don't be afraid to trial error, trial succeed and implement. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to TRBM. The theme music was provided by the ever-talented Christopher Talon. And hey, if you liked what you heard, share this show with other readers because what's the point of telling stories if nobody's listening?